0: All right, guys, we're back with the final part of episode 88, and what a better way to end it off than by talking about the main event of UFC 250 for the interim lightweight championship of the world with a fight between the number one ranked Tony El Kakui Ferguson, who holds a record of 25 wins, three losses in MMA, 15 and one overall in the UFC versus the number four ranked Justin the Highlight. Gechi, who holds a record of 21 wins and two losses in mixed martial arts, and four and two overall in the UFC. Um, I broke it down the I broke down the stats previously on the last part of this podcast, but we were running out of time, so I figured let me just dedicate this fight, dedicate a part of this episode to this fight alone because it's a huge fight, and there's a lot of stuff to break down that can be a big factor in a fight between guys like Ferguson and Geachy. And uh, first off, the reach. 70 inches for Justin Gaethje, 76 and a half inches for Tony Elkakui Ferguson. This is a big deal. Uh, and um, One of the main reasons is Tony's going to be able to hit Gaethje at a range that Gaethje's not going to be able to hit Tony at. That's a six and a half inch reach advantage. That's a lot. That is a lot of range to cover. And against a guy who's already so long in how he fights like Tony... That could be a big problem with teeps to the body, you know, ripping that teep to the gut under the bread basket, taking the wind out of him. He likes to throw his punches. You know, he practices on a wing chung dummy. So his punches, even though his hands aren't ever really up to block a shot, he kind of just throws with his chin up in the air. But he's got such, such a long, lanky frame that his kicks and uh, punches can come and can land at this range and he could still get out of the way because of how big his reach advantage is. This could be a problem for Gaethje because if Gaethje isn't a lot, isn't able to get in close and rough up Tony Ferguson, Ferguson can pick him apart from range. But that's never really seemed to be a problem for a guy like Gaethje, and I'll tell you why. The leg kicks. The leg kicks of Justin Gaethje are going to be a big, big factor against a guy like Tony Ferguson. The inside and outside low kicks constantly. He's got some of the best low kicks in the game. He traded low kicks with Edson Barbosa and caused Barbosa to limp. You know he's got good leg kicks. They are, they are, he turns over the hip and he just drives it right into your calf. And on the inside of your leg, they're just as powerful. So he'll sometimes frame off your shoulder with the lead hand. Throw the inside low kick. He'll he'll get in close to like a clinch range. Throw that overhand right, and then frame off with that right hand and whip that right leg kick in. And uh, you've seen Tony have a little bit of trouble with low kicks because he's had a lot of knee injuries. I think Gaethje's going to look to exploit that early. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to try to close the range really quick and throw like an overhand reg to a low kick or set it up, maybe fake a jab, throw an inside kick, fake a cross, throw an outside low kick. Um, He's got to be careful though because one thing Gaethje likes to do, and he doesn't do it as much in his last few fights because of how much Trevor Whitman has kind of refined and reverse engineered him to change up his style a a little bit. He used to just come in straight forward cover up with both hands and just get in close to you and try to rough you up from the inside. You could do that, but against a guy like Ferguson who likes to take people to snap down city, pull your head down in that front headlock and then lock up a Darce choke, That's that can be a big problem for Gaethje. I think that's one area he really has to look out for is, is getting in too close, but he doesn't do that as much in his last few fights. Yes, he still gets in close, but Trevor Whitman has really you know, refined his striking game and refined his footwork and distance management. He never really hopped in and out of range in and out, in and out, in and out, and then came in, he kind of just walked forward and and ate some shots and then would counter against Barbosa against Vic and against Cerrone. He kind of just stayed on the outside kind of faked with that lead hand to try to touch the lead hand of the opponent and get some reads and then threw some low kicks and then bop, pop bop, threw some combos and then got in close and then got back out of range. This could be a big factor against Ferguson because if he's able to stay at range and stay a little calm, get in, catch him, throw a low kick and get out, um, that could be a big deal because um, Ferguson has the tendency to keep his chin exposed. And like I said, against a guy like Pettis, he had a lot of trouble with the low kicks. I mean, he still won the fight, but you could tell they were hurting Ferguson early on and causing him to limp. If Pettis can hurt you with low kicks, Gaethje's going to rip your leg off. And I think that's going to be a big problem. And a lot of people are saying, well, this fight's three weeks later than it was originally planned to be. That's good for Tony, you know, because Tony got has more time to train. I don't believe that. I think that that's better for Gaethje because Gaethje said prior to the fight that was supposed to take place on the 18th, I have about 18 minutes of pure hell in me. I can go 18 minutes. After that, I get tired. That's into the fourth round. You add another three weeks of preparation, I bet he can go 22, 23 minutes hard, and the fight's only going to be 25. So with the ability of him to kind of lay back a little bit more and let the fight come to him and then get into those brawling exchanges – um, he's going to be able to go a, t- a hard 25 minutes, I believe. And I think that's a problem for a guy like Ferguson. Yes, Ferguson's been in a camp. He's been training. But I think he's being—he's going to be worn down. And judging on the fact that he decided to cut almost over 20 pounds of weight to prove that he could make weight on the 18th just to prove a point, you know, champ shit only, CSO, that is going to hurt him going into this fight on May 9th. No doubt about it. You can't cut that much weight, then rehydrate. Then you're going to cut that much weight again three weeks later. You're going to come in worn down. You're already worn down from the excessive training camps, and you're going to be even more worn down now when you come in and you cut weight for no reason. So I think Gaethje's going to be the fresher guy. I think Gaethje's going to have enough cardio to go the distance. And uh, an area of this fight, let's look at the wrestling. Both guys are very good wrestlers, Um, but Gaethje is a Division I All-American, I believe. So I don't expect Tony to be able to take him down. But if Tony is going to look for takedown entries, I expect him to go with that Iminari role that he did against Edson Barbosa. I think we might see that right at the beginning of the fight because it's going to throw off the low-kicking game of Justin Gaethje. I think he might come out and go to go to hook under that lead leg and go for a leg lock and get into that Imanari role and then try to control him on the ground. I expect Ferguson to go for submissions in this fight and less to try to stand and bang with Gaethje. I think Gaethje's going to try to keep it on the feet, rip kicks to the legs inside and outside, deaden up that lead leg, rip to the body and try to take out the air of Tony Ferguson. Um, I do expect Ferguson to go to the body of Gaethje as well with that teep kick. I think that the teep and the front snap kick of Ferguson to the body might be a little bit of trouble for Gaethje, and I think he's going to look to exploit that. Um, I think that Ferguson's going to try to push the pace, but I think Gaethje will be right there with him to push back. And the one area that really throws me off for uh, Ferguson is, number one, it was the low kicks. Number two is that he keeps his chin up in the air at all times. And he does get hit a lot. And uh, against Pettis, he got hit with an overhand right and got dropped. He got hit in the middle of a low kick. Um, He threw a kick, pulled back, and as uh, I believe Pettis threw a a right kick, pulled it back into a right punch, but Ferguson threw a kick at the same time, was off balance, got caught on the chin. When he got back up, Pettis came in and threw an overhand right, and it caught Ferguson on the chin and it dropped him. Ferguson was obviously able to use his 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu from Eddie Bravo to... uh, To gain his composure and try to lock up a a leg lock, but he still um, had some trouble with Pettis. And I think that against a guy like Gaethje, if he hurts you, he's going to finish you. And I think if he drops Ferguson, he's going to let him back up, and then he's going to go from there. And I think the fact that Ferguson keeps his chin so far up in the air and I are so high up in the air, and I know a lot of people have said this before, and and we always come back to bite ourselves, you know, to eat our words. But against Gaethje, I think this is it. This is where we see Ferguson get finished. And obviously, with the jujitsu game, I give the advantage to Ferguson. With the wrestling game, I give it a whitewash. But the wrestling of Gaethje will be, I think, will be able to stop the jujitsu game of Ferguson. And on the feet. Ferguson's good, but keeping the chin up in the air, he's going to leave himself open for either that left hook, the long left hook of Gaethje as he tries to circle away from the fence, or he's going to throw that left hook. Ferguson's maybe going to throw like a punch, keep his chin up in the air with a jab, and for and Gaethje's going to come over the top with that overhand right, drop him, and then uh, get the finish. So I'm going with Justin, the highlight Gaethje, to finish Tony Ferguson. And I'm going to go with a third round TKO. I think it's going to be a phenomenal fight. I think that this fight is one of the best fights you could ever make in the lightweight division. And I think it's this is going to throw off the plans for Ferguson and Khabib. I, I don't think we're meant to see that fight at this point. Yes, I do believe we'll see it eventually. But I think that Gaethje is going to put a stop to it. And Gaethje is going to be the guy who ends up fighting uh, Khabib when he comes back. So I think Ferguson gets KO'd by Gaethje based on what I said earlier in breaking down the fight and breaking down the ground game, the clinch game, the different ranges and the, and the wrestling. I just see Gaethje as a kryptonite for Tony Ferguson. And I know a lot of people are going to, you know, say I'm wrong, but you know, just look at the facts. And I think you'll see why I picked who I picked. And, uh, I think that Gaethje versus Habib is a very interesting fight because of how good Gaethje's wrestling is. I think he can put a stop to, um, can put a stop to some of the wrestling entries of Habib. And I think that he can beat him up on the feet and I think it'll be a great fight. And I'm hoping a part of me wants to see Ferguson pull through just because I really want to see Ferguson and Khabib. But another part of me wants Justin Gaethje to shake up the world. And I think he does it on Saturday, May 9th at UFC 250. All right, guys, that's it. Those are my predictions. I was supposed to break down the top 15 fighters in the UFC lightweight division and the best fights to make for them, you know, next time out. But uh, I think I'm going to save that for the next episode, just because I think we've covered enough for today. I think that this card really took up a lot. I think I covered every, every fight as best as I could. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Like I always say, if you enjoyed the touch Em up podcast, it's available anywhere. Audio podcasts are distributed. That includes Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher anchor, and many, many more. And uh it's also tr- transitioning over to YouTube. I will have some more episodes up hopefully in the next week or two. I'll be putting more episodes out on YouTube. Expect all three parts of this UFC 249 um UFC 250, I'm sorry, predictions and analysis to be up on YouTube. Um tag me, um leave me a review guys. If you go on Apple Podcasts or any of the podcasting apps, please leave a review for the Touch em Up podcast. Go you know, the more reviews I get you know, po- the more positive reviews I get, the more eyes that see this podcast and the more ears we get, um, uh, the more ears we have listening and the bigger fan base we get and the more we can grow in a quickly fashion. So I'm excited for this fight card. I know a lot of people are I expect you guys to be excited as well. Thank you for tuning in and, uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one. This has been episode 88, part three of the touch em up podcast. I'm your host double M and I'm out. Have a good night, everybody. All right. Peace.